To Black White Mix, a podcast about race and culture in America. We are recording from Greensboro, North Carolina. I am your host, Doug Ogden, and I am here with my friends, Brandon Johnson. What's good? And Kenny Roberts. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, fellas? Man, you know, nothing much. Quarantining. Quarantine that, look, 2020 I guess continues. You, at, at what point can you not say that anymore? Because everybody's quarantining. And so at what point can you not say... Not everybody. Like, South like, Carolina. Oh. South Carolina's opening up this weekend. Are they really? Yeah. Mm. They trying to get that beach money. <laughs> it's it's the 20th. No one, everyone else is like, uh, I don't think we should open yet. And South Carolina's like, um, I think we got to open up right now. <laughs> yeah. Not that they like, get no. South Carolina, but they do everything different. No. I so. mean, really, there's like a very clear better Carolina, you know, <laughs> and I'm just saying right. it's probably not that. You just, you just isolated our whole South Carolina our, audience. My, my, my sister and all of our other our South hun- Carolina Our friends. hundreds of listeners. <laughs> did they have, no, do they have, they have podcasts down there? I don't, I don't, think, just, I don't just, think podcasts have reached South Carolina they, yet. Did they get podcasts? <laughs> no, bro. South Carolina needed a bath to begin with, so... This oh. is this is bl- <laughs> this is black white mixed on cassette. Yeah, eight <laughs> track, eight track, black white mixed. That's right. I'm just oh. kidding. We love we love South Carolina. Yes. I speak I speak Geechee. No, I don't. Even if you but, come in second out of two Carolinas, we still love you. This is, this is, <laughs> I, I ain't touching that. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, um, yeah, we are recording uh, via FaceTime because we are trying to honor the, the rules of social distancing. And it's not ideal. We'd much rather be in the same place, but we're trying to trying to follow the rules and, and do right by our people. So, um, yeah, we um, we obviously today uh, on today's show, we want to talk about uh, race. And um, if you tuned in the last episode, we were talking about toy guns with uh, Kenny's brother, Evan, and... Um, you know, today we kind of want to transition the conversation a little bit, and um, one of the questions I wanted to pose to you guys was, what were some of the messages that you got about race from your parents, or maybe, you know, in a broader text, just kind of growing up, like, what were the mess, what was the message, or what were the messages about race um, when you were, like, growing up? So you, Kenny. Word. I um I think for me so if if I had to uh to I guess kinda describe uh the message that was um that was I guess given to me by my parents um growing up uh the and if I had to describe it in a word, I think the word would be uh would be cautious. Hmm. Um you know, my mom uh and my, and my dad, you know, were constantly telling us, you know, that we have to be careful about different things that we do. Um, you know, like I remember, you know, whole pants sagging was a thing, you know, because of perception and how you perceived and, um, you know, different things that we would, you know, maybe do in the store or um, I know uh, paper or plastic, you know, was a thing. 
Uh, I'm just kidding. Not not whether you get paper or plastic, but you know you know when you go to a store and they ask you like yo yeah. you, you know would you like a bag with that and they would, don't say you you know no what are you talking say, yo. about can you explain they, further. <laughs> But I think yeah, he's talking about the checkout lanes. The <laughs> checkout lane when you're checking out with your items, uh, you know, to purchase. And Brandon shops at Aldi, and he brings his own bag. So well, hell well, yeah. Ex- well, excuse me. Actually, we're an Aldi family too. We're 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 uh, we're advanced. We take boxes. I have never been inside an Aldi, so <clears throat> mm. you're missing out. Missing out, <laughs> dude. You are definitely overspending. Mm. But yeah, when you check out, they always ask you, you know, would you like a bag with that, you know, at different places or whatever, even if you're getting something small. And, you know, I remember my mom telling me, you know, like to get a bag, you know, Mm -hmm. something. And so something as small as like, yo, like always get a bag because like I don't I don't want any perception that I'm walking out with something that I didn't purchase. Mm, Right. Okay. You know, and so, you know, even down at. If you can expound on that just a little bit, the the idea is that the perception of maybe a young black guy walking out of the store without a bag is that he didn't pay for it. Right. Right. Okay. You know, or or it could be, you right. know, and and you know, there it just opens up to mm-hmm. to what you know somebody may perceive. Um, you know, I remember. Um, I'm trying to remember. You know, was it college or what? I, you know, we go to the store and, you know, I'd be hanging out, you know, with some friends or whatever. You know, and I would have a white friend that would, you know, get a bag of chips and then, you know, be eating the chips. We walk through the store and then, you know, go up to the front and they would pay for the chips. You know what I'm saying? Would it be paying for the empty bag? You know, but you know, I'm I'm sitting there. My mouth is open. Because I'm like, I'm like, bruh, like, you know. Wow. I, I, I would be daggone, let me say, I would be daggone <laughs> if, if I'm walking through the store, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm walking through the store eating some chips and I ain't paid for it yet. Yeah, right. right. Man, wow. Yeah, right. That's how you end up in mall jail. Or real Where? jail. Mall jail. Oh, Mall Mall Jail. Jail. I didn't Mall I, Jail. I thought he said something else. I was like, what is wrong with this person? You got Paul Blart breathing down your neck. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And don't you don't mess with Paul Blart. <laughs> no, but Kenny, Kenny, like, I kinda talked about it in the first in the first episode, it was like just learning things that like I didn't know were quote unquote black things mm. because my dad was telling me the same stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like it's like yo, just because you know I'm not dealing, I, I haven't had to, or, or just because I am uh, as an adult, like coming into the, like this whole bigger race problem and like trying to like reconcile that with like having children and all that kind of stuff doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I wasn't you know doesn't mean that I wasn't exposed to this kind of stuff from mm-hmm. like childhood. It's like that that kind of stuff was was hammered into me as well. Like you don't sag. My dad wouldn't let us get cornrows. Mm-hmm. My dad, you know, he was like he's like no, you're not doing that. You don't need to look like that. Like, you know, you speak um I remember I even recently um the actually the last time I saw my dad, I said something like uh yo, you tripping. And he was like, <laughs> "What are you talking about? Wow. Don't say that to me." Wow. Like don't you mm. don't talk to me like that. Like say like speak you know eloquently quote unquote you're, eloquently. you're jesting <laughs> you must be jesting 
but that's what I mean is like I my my I just thought it was a respect thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think it was a I didn't realize it was a it was like a black thing or or mm-hmm. a perception thing or anything like that. It was like it always just felt like uh you respect the places that you're in. You know, if we're out getting food, if we're at the grocery store, if we're doing whatever, like you're not you're not going to be the kids acting crazy because I don't want you to act crazy. You're my kids. Mm. <laughs> and I don't mm-hmm. like my kids don't act crazy. Mm. You know, it wasn't because like of how we might be perceived. It was like how my dad might be perceived as a man. That's how I understood mm. it. That was your interpretation of what he was <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. And that has like bled into me a lot. Hmm. For sure. But keep going, Kenny. No, that I mean that was that was pretty much um that's pretty much the gist of it. I mean, it was it was just very much a thing of being cautious, be aware of, of your surroundings, be aware of you know, what you do and who's watching because, you know, people are definitely watching. Um you know, and you know, you do the wrong thing in front of the wrong, you know, group of people and you know, that's it. You know? Mm. That that or it could be it. You know, right. that could that could be um you know, that one uh that one decision could be something that's very life defining, if that makes sense. Right. You know, whether it's ending your life or you you know, ending up, you know, somewhere you don't want to be, you know, like jail or Right. Sure. Yeah. So was that kind of stuff like but was that kind of stuff like pressed into you as like being a black man? Like we are we are black yes. individuals, so yes. we have to act differently. And that's what your dad or your mom was like telling you is like, you know, you get a bag because you're black. Yes. <laughs> like now you got to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it was definitely, a, a, you know, a, a young black man can't do this. Wow. You know, like you have to be cautious because you, you know, because you're a young black man, you can be perceived this way. You know, right. um, you know, and I'm and I don't like I don't remember like a ton of um, like specific like sit down conversations, <clears throat> um, but I do remember it, it being um you know, something that was kind of echoed pretty often, you know. And I mean, and not not in a, like, I don't think my parents were, you know, um, you know, overly, you know, spooky or anything like that, um, if that makes sense, you know. But I think I think they were, you know, teaching me wisdom. You know, I think it's wisdom to, to be aware of your surrounding and, and, and especially, um, you know, us living in America, you know, with the the history that America has when it comes to race. I think my parents understood that, um, you know, even in the, you know, growing up in the, you know, 90s and 2000s, race is very much still a, it was still very much a thing, you know. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people were, um, a lot of people had the perception that, you know, race was, um, you know, a thing of the past, like issues of race were a thing of the past or racism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, you know, around, you know, 2013, 2014, 2015, you know, you know, everything resurfaced and kind of, you know, blew that, 
that um that notion up, you know, that we're living in a post racial society. Right. Um you know, which I think is a hard thing, but definitely a good thing, you know, because it's um it's it's presenting us with the conversations that need to be had, you know, as opposed to keeping them concealed. Um, it's presenting the, the conversations that still need to be had. It's, it's making us think about, okay, you know, what do I want to be able to, you know, what, what do I need to talk to my kids about? You know, what do I need to be aware of? You know, for me, it was, what do I need to learn more about? Mm. Uh, what do I need to think more about? Um, just in terms of, you know, who God made me as an African-American male and what that looks like to interact with a, uh, with a society, um, you know, that perceives you one way as a, uh, as an African-American male. So. Yeah, that's good, man. What about you, B? <laughs> Dude, I just think it's like, it's, it's just, I remember reading the book. Um, oh, of course I lost it, but it's by Austin Channing Brown. Yeah. She's a, um, she's a, uh, a black woman who has been a part of churches and she was talking about her experience. Um, um, you know, she grew up in a fairly wealthy neighborhood until her parents split up and then her dad moved, I think it was to like Detroit, you know, or something like that, like back to where he was from. And whenever she would go and visit, people would like tell her that she wasn't black because she didn't act a certain way. Mm. Um, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, and she started like learning, she, she start she named several things in the, in the book. Um, and I remember reading it and I remember being like, even, even then being like, I didn't even realize that was a black thing. Huh. And of course mm. they're not hitting me right now. Like, of course, when we're like in the middle of it, but, <clears throat> <clears throat> but there were things that like but, you resonated know, with your upbringing. Yeah. 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 Just like, I didn't know that was a black thing because, you know, again, um, I think it's very easy to like disqualify people who like haven't dealt with um, or haven't been like forced with race stuff all the time. Um, it's easy to be like, yeah, see, they just don't understand. And like, I've been living in it for my whole life. And you're like, well, I mean, that doesn't mean that like I didn't experience hardship or I didn't like, you mm. know, whatever. Like, I'm not coming at it as like a, um, um, like my life was all great because it definitely was not. Right. Um, y- you know, but my dad, I think, has this, um, without having talking, like, talked to him, but like, talk, I've talked a lot to his brother, um, my uncle, who's black, um, and is, is, uh, decently darker than him, um, where we've talked about that and like my, my uncle's telling me now, like, Hey, I think that your dad really struggled with his color. Mm. He really struggled Mm. with, he struggled with being like a real light dude with colored eyes. Um, and like what that looks like being a black man. Wow. Um, and so he's like, you know, my uncle's telling me stuff like this and like, we've gone into like some really, uh, dark things semi recently, but it's like, you know, I think my dad just had this, has this, um, either he's got a chip on his shoulder. I don't know what he's got, but he's like, he just wasn't, (laughs) he wasn't like willing to go into the depths of like what that stuff was and and talk to us about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, we, we lived in a, in a military household where, 
and and on a military base for you know more than half my life where you got Mexicans and uh other Latinos and and uh <clears throat> all these different islanders from like Tongans and Samoans and you know like there's there's people there's there's people from all ethnic backgrounds all over the place sure and and everyone's like marrying each other and all that kind of stuff like it just nobody talked there was just it didn't feel like a thing that needed to be talked about mm. Um, and so it was more of like a point of pride to be like, yo, I'm mixed or like, mm. yo, I'm, you know, I'm French Polynesian or I'm like, what? You know, like that is like <laughs> it just wasn't it wasn't a uh, like a sticking point of like if I am walking in with my black friend and my Mexican friend into like the BX, which is like, you know, where you would uh, just like a little shop, uh, a store or whatever. I never felt like anyone was going to treat us differently. And I don't think they did either. Mm. Like they're like, no, we belong. We're like my mom or my dad is this this level in the military or whatever. Like, don't come at me. Like, <laughs> we're, yeah. you know, we're yeah. we're good. So it's like that kind of stuff that I like. That's that's the world that I kind of grew up in for a long time. Was like my mom wasn't talking about it because she literally didn't, or at least the way it was presented to us was that like it didn't it didn't matter yeah. if they need help you're going to help them. It doesn't, who cares? Yeah. Um, and that is that colorblind. I think that's part of that is the colorblindness of the nineties that you were talking about, Kenny, but like, you know, that's still my mom. You know, I I remember I I went, um, and I did a DTS with YWAM, which is like a six month school in, uh, in, you know, there's lots of different places. I was in Costa Rica for six months. It's like a ministry Um, training school. Yeah. Yeah. And when I came back, there's, there was literally a, he's like a six five, three hundred fifty pound like lineman who's like living in my room now, <laughs> with his with his then girlfriend. Now they're married and they they live in Oklahoma or whatever. Um, and and, uh, and then these like dudes that we knew who were Hawaiian. <clears throat> there's like three of them. They're living in my brother's rooms, and then my mom moved my youngest brothers into like a whole different room. <laughs> and it's like there's like you know there's there's like you you're know, like how long have I been gone? <laughs> yeah, I was like what? I was like yo, what's happening? And my mom's like oh they you know they're they're trying to get their lives together. They're doing some school and so like I told them that it was more than fine for them to like stay with us while they were getting their feet. Through. I'm like what what is happening? Like who are these people? You know and like that was that was like m- my whole life though. Sure. Like it was that kind of stuff. Um, it just never really mattered and. Um, while I think that was incredibly beneficial of like the way that my mom presented that, um, it's what I was trying to allude to, um, earlier on was that the lack of like talking about some of those issues that still exist and that are still happening and like where racism is still really prevalent, um, which is all over the place, but I mean, like, you know, even more in your face, now being in the South mm-hmm. is like, oh, I wish that we would have talked about this stuff. Right. But it's not like it was new. Mm. You know, it's like it's this weird sort of like contradictory statement that is like, it's not like this never came up. It's not like I never heard about race issues. It's just that like it wasn't coming from the people who I thought would be teaching me about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I went to family reunions. My family's from Alabama. You know, like we'd be rolling up in Alabama, like the only light skinned people in the entire, you know, there's like 250 people there. 
And people are like, who's this white bitch? <laughs> you wow. know, talking about my mom. Everybody be like, they family? <laughs> no, no. See, that was the thing. Everybody knew us, like, being like me uh, and my brothers and my sister. Yeah. It was my mom who was the outcast mm. because she was mm. she was only she she was the only white woman. Wow. Mm-hmm. But but like we, like I remember all the cousins would just be coming up and be like I'm your co- you know I'm your third cousin from so, <laughs> like such and such and blah blah blah. It's like how you doing, man? You know like like come on, let's get you some chicken. Let's get you some let's get you some catfish. Like <laughs> yes, I was like God, like you know that that is like that's my black family to a T. I have never felt judged by my black family in any way, sent like shape or form. Wow. Mm. Like. My, in fact, my uncle, uh, my uncle Darren, he feels way more like a dad than, you know, than my, my actual dad. And he's always lived on the other side of the country. Wow. You know, he's mm. the one who, who made the effort to come to, to uh, you know, my wedding and to my graduation and my, my uh, brothers and sisters graduations. Like, he's the one who comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. When you're like, I don't know if my dad's going to show up. Maybe he does. <laughs> you know, who mm. knows? So it's, um, so I've recently talked to, started talking to him about a lot of these like issues of like that I'm just learning about myself. And he's just the most gracious person in the world, just like mm. listening and like hearing me and like sometimes like, you know, speaking words of wisdom. And sometimes he's mm. just literally just listening. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's yeah. weird. So, so Doug, I have a question for you. Yeah. So, like for 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 me, like my parents felt it was necessary to have conversations with me about race in the sense of like, hey, like this is how you'll be perceived in in America because you're African American male. Um, with Brandon, you know, Brandon was kind of. Um, you know, they didn't really like, would you say other, so you, like your uncle Darren was the one who was having those conversations with you, like, and right, right, Brandon, like you said, your uncle Darren was the one having those conversations with you, whereas your, like your parents really weren't just because like where you were living was such a melting pot that they, like, it didn't yeah. feel needed to have those conversations, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think my mom I've asked my mom about it and she said that she definitely didn't feel like she's like, I don't know. It just didn't come up. Like I didn't feel like it needed to. She's like, I married a black guy. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it didn't matter. Well, and, but, and in a lot of ways, the military base kind of feels like its own world. Like, Oh, totally. That's yeah. your entire universe. So yeah. if it yeah. doesn't seem to be a problem there, then that's the world you live in, <laughs> you know? Right. It doesn't right. mean like, like I feel like I heard you say be like some of the things that you were doing or learning were about race you just didn't know they were yeah yeah that's Mm. what i was gonna say is like you know like again um my parents weren't were giving very similar lessons Mm -hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't because we were mixed or because like you might be perceived a certain way or you know actually it was like you might be perceived a certain way if you're an idiot you know if you're being (laughs) stupid like it's gonna look bad on me right don't do it Right. Like mm-hmm. again, like I think I said that, but it's like it was always, it was always that kind of thing. Is like you are representing me, yeah, and I am not a stupid person. <laughs> like don't, so do you that. don't get to be a stupid person. You know, like so, like <laughs> you don't get to, you don't get to do this, and you don't get to act this way. Like you're not gonna sag if I see your underwear as you're walking out of this house. Like I'm gonna throw a fit. 
and and that was like my dad that was definitely my dad was doing that kind of stuff but i just wasn't i never saw that as like a um um as a race thing and my and i don't remember my parents ever saying it as like a race thing it was gotcha. always like a um you're going to respect me and my rules and you're going to grow up to be better than we were or whatever like that kind of stuff so you will not do these things sure. yeah right and so i wonder like doug for like did your parents have any conversations with you about race yeah so i, I would say the short answer is no um uh i mean i you know, I, I think there were times where it probably came up, but there was nothing that was like foundational or substantial in a way that was like um, incredibly, you know, uh, shaping to, to the conversation around race or specifically racism in America. I do remember um, some defining things in my growing up days. Like I remember my mom, uh, we were homeschooled for a little while. Shout out homeschoolers. Um, and I remember... <laughs> You okay? Pants you okay, Brandon? No, I just jumped. I'm sorry. Hey, man. That, I think that's I, was that uh, that was that Jesse Carey, who said um, the emoji for uh, uh, for homeschool kids should be uh, uh, shirts tucked in jeans. Wow, that's so rude. That that was probably the most hilarious. I'm I'm not even homeschooled. Listen, y'all was... y'all can hate on the 90 minute school day all you want, but I'm here to tell you it was sweet. <laughs> I think it was a 90 minute work week. (laughs) Um, So, but I remember my mom giving us biographies and I remember specifically um, her saying that she wanted us to read biographies of black people in American uh, culture and American history because they weren't in our textbooks. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Mm -hmm. um, I remember reading George Washington Carver, who it turns out was the only black person who ever invented anything. That's sarcasm. Um, (laughs) um, I... He was a peanut farmer. Yeah. I, I remember reading about Jackie Robinson. I'm a big baseball fan, so there was you know kind of some crossover uh, fandom there. Uh, but, but I do remember that being like a very specific thing that she targeted in our, in our schooling because like seriously, those history textbooks like did not include black history. Mm-hmm. Black history is American history, but that wasn't in the textbooks. Um, right. So – yeah, but it, but in terms of like specifically racism or even like the civil rights movement, I just did not. I, I don't remember those conversations happening. M- maybe they were. My, my mom died when I was pretty young, and so um, you know, I, I don't know if those conversations would have continued if I you know g- you know got older or whatever. Um, but I, I do feel like the short answer is is no, not really. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like and and this and we this may be something that we want to, you know. I guess wait to get there, but like, do you feel like, like, how do you feel like that conversation should go for, you know, like a white kid coming up, Mm. you know, what, what would that conversation be? Like, what would that conversation, how would that be framed? I guess is, is the way that, um, yeah, that I ask it. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. I, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know that I, I have a great answer for that. Um, and that was one of the things that, you know, we, we've talked about offline is, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a dad, Brandon and Kenny both have kids. And, um, you know, one of the things we talked about is like, how, how are we going to shape this conversation for the next generation? And, Mm -hmm. you know, for, from, from my perspective, like, I think there is a responsibility for, uh, white parents of white children 
um, to try to educate and expose their kids to the experience of black and brown people in America. Um, but, but beyond just like biographies, which I think can be helpful and beyond just like a history class, which I get, you know, is good and, and is helpful. I think you have to figure out a way to get real life people in their life. So, mm. you know, to be honest with you, like, you know, and I, and I think, you know, it can walk the line with tokenism. So you gotta, you gotta kind of be, be mindful of that. Like you can't just target mm. your one black coworker and be like, yo, we gotta be friends. Um, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> um, but I think, you know what I mean? Like, I, and again, I don't have kids, but I'm thinking like if I had, you know, a, a son or a daughter growing up, I, I would want them to be friends with and know um, people that don't look like them in, mm. in the hope that they can, um, you can't feel it, you can't experience it, but you can see it and you can listen. Um, and, and I just think that's a, a hugely important piece of mm. trying to tell that story for the next generation and, and, and on down is understanding that we have very different experiences um, in America as white people or black people. And if you can sit and listen to somebody else's experience and, and hear from them and really give it the validation and credit that it deserves, mm. um, hopefully that would begin to kind of reshape and uh, kind of reformat the way our, our brains are wired. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's real. But, that's I mean, real. again, like I, I don't have kids and you guys do and you got toddlers. And so in a couple of years, they're going to be you know, maybe less than a couple of years, they're kind of learning to see the world for the first time. And to varying degrees, you know what I mean? Simply based on their skin tone or based on their neighborhood or based on whatever else, they're, they're going to be experiencing some of these things as well. Um, and I'm just curious what you guys have thought about, you know, some of the messages you want to pass along or some of the things that you want to say to your sons about what it's going to be look like growing up in a post-2016 <laughs> um, America you know what I mean, as as young, mixed black dudes. Mm. I mean, my kids will never be seen as young, mixed anything. Mm. <laughs> uh, my kids are very, very, very white. Whiteness? <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor kids. I'm, I'm going to, you know, they're they going to be so excited. Cool. It, what? No, it definitely doesn't. I said, for, for some reason, that does not sound as cool. Like, <laughs> white? No, know. it's dark. No, it's white. Oh, this is a mistake. My, my poor children. Uh, y'all know them well. Listen, they are beautiful. They're going to have a dad. No, I love, I love my children boys, deeply. Man. But it's like, you know, now you're like, now I'm constantly bringing up, you know, media and movies and books that I'm reading and like all that stuff that have to do with uh the black experience and mm. and like mixed experience and like just just trying to actually like open my brain to like that kind of stuff and so it's going to be really hilarious to be like hey children you are uh a quarter black um they're like what and they're going to yeah and they will never you know they're going to go to school and be like I'm quarter black and then people are like no he- no hell no no you are not um, you know, get that straight hair out of here. Oh my gosh, it is the straightest. My uh, my youngest son, 
Lincoln has a um, like one little curl, you know, with because obviously with the with the quarantine, ain't nobody getting haircuts, and like right. they were due for a haircut before <laughs> we went into quarantine, and so now he's got this like one long strand, but it's like one, it's like one little curl. That's not even like a full curl, you know what I mean? It's just turning out, and I'm like, come on, you can do it. Just get some curls. Listen, if we don't if, if we don't have a children's book before quarantine is out called The Little Curl That Could, I'm gonna be greatly disappointed. <laughs> but I will get on it. It's gonna be it's gonna be super weird. I mean, I I've told Anna that I, uh, you know, like I want to do. Um, well, actually, we can start here. I have, I'm looking at my wall right now, and I have this growing um um record collection mm-hmm. and it's so lovely mm-hmm. <laughs> snaps bro. and it's snaps and, and the whole point of it has been to be able to start to share some music with with my children as they come of age it's you awesome. know like i don't want to be the douchebag that has uh records and like oh yeah records are like the best bro and you're like dude they're so inconvenient because <laughs> when you want to supposed them, to be listened to Bro, when you want to use it and you're like, oh my gosh, like it just played three songs and I have to turn it over. Oh my gosh. And now I got to get another. Anyway, um, the point of it is like um, every album has to, uh, that that is up there and that will continue to like grow the, the collection is like a very specifically chosen album that has either like changed my life in some way, like mm. musically Mm. Um, that is a work of art that I think everybody should listen to. Um, but in general is something that you can play from start to finish and mm. not skip songs. Mm-hmm. Like these are things that like that shape you. And so there's like, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of different things up there, but there are several different albums like, um, um, to pimp a butterfly, good kid, mad city, the black Panther soundtrack, which was amazing. If people yep. have not listened to it, which was mm-hmm. also produced with Kendrick. Um, um, I've got John Coltrane's uh, mm-hmm. Giant Steps up there, Malibu mm-hmm. by Anderson Pack. Mm. You know, like the it's that kind of stuff that I'm like these these are albums that like shaped the way that I heard rap for for you know years to come. Mm. It's like mm. this is the kind of stuff I'm looking for, and it's like yeah, of course you can play a banger by. Um, by Lil Yachty or something like that and be like, yeah, that was fun, whatever. But I'm not I'm not going to listen to that song in three years and be like, that was the thing that changed my life. Right. Right. Or mm-hmm. like, that was like, that was something that like changed music. And so I'm like, I'm thinking about like that kind of stuff and like... I mean, five years later and Butterfly is as relevant oh now gosh. as mm-hmm. it ever was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, like that's... And so like, that's the point is like, you know, get, so taking down... The, the album Good Kid Mad City and, and when when my sons are old enough obviously sure, mm. sure. explicit um, lyric warning <laughs> oh my gosh right yes I love it though actually um, but when I take when I, I take that down I want your body I want your big old fat <laughs> tripping on some dominoes uh, it ain't even that serious <laughs> did somebody say dominoes <laughs> When I take that album down and I give it to Theo or Lincoln and I say, like, this is, you know, I'm ready for you to listen to this. I want you to experience this. Um, There's going to be a lot that has to come with that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like whenever that time comes, like that's that is a very that like really all of or most of Kendrick's music is fairly heavy. 
but it like it comes with like a lot to say totally. and mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm like i'm thinking about experiences like that um yeah. to really like press yeah. into my children this like you know your experience um is going to be different because of me and because of like other people around you who love you and are like talking to you about like these topics um but not everybody has those people that's right <laughs> you know mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. everybody has people who are like talking to them and saying like hey your experience whether black or white and this is reality right i mean like what not every black uh black suburb has has like actual people talking about like hey this is not the only reality that exists mm. and and the same for like white like white americans i mean clearly we we did, we brought this this man however you feel about him into office like you know it's interesting to think that they're like most of uh most christians voted for him yeah most voting mm-hmm. christians voted yeah. for, voted for this man it's like okay well doesn't he seem to like not he doesn't he doesn't seem to like emulate any of the values that we actually have yep. uh as as christians so what is it about him and and you wonder like uh, how many people are actually getting like their their news or like what's actually going on in the world from from anyone other than someone who looks just like them yep. yeah you know it's yeah. it's like wow um so i think that's i mean i don't know how to like distill that into words <laughs> yeah. of like what I want to talk to my children about. But like that goes into when I see Kenny and now this is, I'm going to let Kenny talk, but when you see Kenny and his little boys and I'm like, Oh man, Kenny, you hear my experience of like what my dad did not do. Mm-hmm. And, and your boys are going to be like me. you like, you're like, how are you, how are you going to talk to them? And how are you going to yeah. like bring your wife into that? about some hard difficult topic that she's never heard about or had to deal with yeah yeah i i think man you know and one i i want to start off by saying like i have a similar um record display but it's kind of on the other side like i want them to experience you know like you know michael buble and like like yanni and bjork and john mayer you know john yeah john mayer god bless him and uh, Kenny Kenny G. We don't, uh, we don't have to get Kenny, into this right now, but my, <laughs> do not like John Mayer at all. No, I was just <laughs> no. I, I'm a John I, Mayer. So hater. so we we've talked a lot about um, you know just just as um, you know as as my wife and I have kind of explored um, the topic of you know race and you know, being in an interracial relationship and just the differences in our experiences and things like that. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, what that's going to look like for our boys because, you know, we both have come to the realization, um, you know, my, my, you know, our, our, you know, we have two boys. Uh, one is 19 months, one's four months. Um, and damn near Irish twins. I know, <laughs> I know right? <laughs> um, we, you know, we, we, it just hit us both in a real way. Like, man, like, you know, they're, they're a part of both of us, yeah. you know, and so they're, they're a part of both cultures, you know, uh, you know, my culture. 
you know, and equally, you know, my wife's culture. Uh, and in America, if you have brown skin, um, you know, then you, you're treated as, unless, unless you look, you know, visibly, you know, some other ethnicity and you're brown, you know, you're treated as you, as if you're black. That's right. Right. You know, people just assume, oh, he's black, you know, um, you know, and, and so one, I mean, kind of starting the, um, the conversation there, like I had a, a conversation with a friend, uh, and they were talking about how, you know, a lot of times what happens is, um, you know, black is portrayed as, you know, like cool and hip, you know what I'm saying? Black people are, you know, which, you know, I, I love the fact that we got, we got mad flavor. I mean, we, we got spice, baby. You know, I mean, we, you know, we like black people are cool. You know, black magic, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 a real you got thing. The sauce, man. You know, yo, I'm saying, and and it's a real thing. You know, um, you know, black people have a particular flavor about them. Um, you know, but you know, white people are are portrayed as flavorless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, and so you know, we had a conversation about how you know white is portrayed as you know corny and. You know, um, you know, just this demonization of, you know, of white people, um, which I'm like, man, like, you know, I don't know if before, you know, coming into a, a context where, you know, I'm in such close relationship with a white person, um, you know, with my wife being white that I've ever thought about that, hmm. um, you know, and it, it really made me think about. Um, you know, like how how will my my boys see their mother? You know, how will my boys see, you know, the white side of their family? And it's like I want to celebrate both sides of your culture, both sides of, of who you are. Um, and so that being the case, um, you know, I kind of want to start, you know with those conversations, approaching it from that standpoint of this is who you are. Like one, like, you know, and I had this conversation with a with another friend of mine about, you know, my identity. And I'm I'm kind of an outlier in some regard because I've always um like very much felt more my identity as a follower of Christ, um, as, you know, like primarily, you know, first and foremost, and then you know, my blackness, you know, or, you know, and so if you were to, you know, ask me about myself, I'm a Christian or I'm I'm a Christ follower, um, you know, I'm African American, I'm male, um, you know, and so, but it always kind of comes in that order, um, you know, for as long as I can remember, um, and so, you know, that's where I find my identity. And so, therefore, I feel the freedom to, to celebrate who I am as a black man. Uh, I feel the freedom to um, to want to explore that. Um, but then I also don't feel threatened by other people in their ethnicity because, you know, essentially, like, my I know who I am, like, as far as my identity and my worth, yeah. not being in my blackness, but being in, you know, the fact that I was created in the image of God, right? Mm. And so... 
you know, I kind of want to start there, but then from there go, go into like, hey, you're a part of like, you know, of both cultures, but this is how you'll be perceived by everybody else. And so because of that, this is why you have to be wiser than everybody else. Sure. You know, this is why you have to be particularly watchful in the things that you do, because this is the perception. This is the, you know, um, the history, you know, um, of this country and of African-Americans in this country. Um, and this is how you're going to be perceived. And so because you'll be perceived that way, one, you need to know who you are first and foremost, but then also you need to, you know, you need to be wise in knowing like, okay, this is how I need to operate in, in, you know, moving between these different systems, you know? Um, and so I think that's a part of the, uh, I think, uh, you know, identity is a big part of um, of the conversation that I want to have because I feel like if your identity is just in, and this, and like I said, this is, this is my opinion, you know, if, you know, some people may, you know, disagree with me sure. um, or whatever, but I feel like if your identity is solely in your race, you know, um, I guess that doesn't allow me to be able to put everybody in the same look. Like, I have to prove, you know, I, I have something to prove because of what people say about me, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, because of other people's perception of black people, I have to prove that I'm not this or I have to prove, you know, which, I mean, I think that's I think that's a part of it. I'm trying to figure out how to say that, you know. Um, is it is it a, a situation where you're you're recognizing the importance of it, but you're not wanting to make it the most important thing is that right right i can't put all my chips in that basket you know just because if if that's the case you know for me like i think about like you know black history and i think about you know the struggles you know of african-americans in you know in america and you know it gets really overwhelming yeah um you know, and not only does it get overwhelming, like it's hard for me to um to not have a chip on my shoulder if if um if that's where my identity lies so right okay if yep. the, if that makes sense yep, you know what it I does. mean and so it's it's difficult for me not to um to just be ticked off, you know, but if I'm coming from the standpoint of okay it, there's something deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, to where I can relate to other cultures, you know, and things like that. I can see that human side because I'm more than just a black man. Yeah. You know, I'm a human with everybody else that's created in the image of God. And so, therefore, everybody else has worth. Therefore, everybody else, I can celebrate other ethnicities instead of trying to um, to solely elevate my own, you know. And not to say, you know, that I'm, um, that I'm not going to try to, you know, like elevate and celebrate, um, you know, my blackness and and other African-Americans, you know, but, you know, as I'm championing, if that's a word, um, you know, my, my, my culture, you know, I can feel, um, freedom to champion other cultures as well. Uh, and, and can recognize, all right, we're all in this thing together for the sake of the greater. Right. Exactly. I got you. Exactly. And so, cool. Um, yeah. So I think just kind of starting there with my boys, um, because I feel like that's a pretty deep place to start. But sure. 
you know. And then I'll go to the record collection. <laughs> of Yanni. Yeah, that's good. No, but, you, they don't I mean, need I'm Yanni. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right now, they <laughs> do not need yeah. They can, they can, you can throw it out. Well, no, see, that just made me, I mean, that, that, that made me think about the, uh, like, for my boys, like, I want them to know about their culture and, like, who they are and, like, where yeah. they come from and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and then, you know, like I, like we, you were just saying there, I think is a perfect, is a perfect thing is where you're like, I am equally white as I am black mm-hmm. and those cultures exist. There's a duality in general with that. Right. Um, right. but there's a duality like within myself, like dealing with that of like, how do how do I talk to my children? How do I talk to my wife about this? How do I talk to other people about like, you know, where I come from and who I mm-hmm. am and like my, you know, my, my family in Alabama as opposed to my family in like Springfield, Missouri, you know, like mm-hmm. how do you, yeah. how do you, you deal with those things? Um, and then how do you like talk to your children about that is, is huge. Um, but it made me think about the, um, the Atlanta episode. Um, I think it's the Juneteenth episode mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're at this, guy's house or whatever this white dude's house who's like you know got all this memorabilia and like mm-hmm. all this stuff like african culture like stuff and is like you know like preaching to him about his culture it's a white mm-hmm. guy and i'm like that's that's not what i want yeah and he's a white dude preaching to to black folks about like their cultures like have you been to africa oh you gotta go here and blah 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 and mm-hmm. and you know i was like i don't want my children to do that i want them to be celebrating like but at the same time, like there is a part of them that is black. Sure. Even if they don't present that way, like that's right. their that's where they come from, and so there's just this like piece of like how do you um, talk to them in a way that will like it's 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 all about like yes we can like empower ourselves like you said empower ourselves while also like ch- like empowering our 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 brothers and our sisters from everywhere else to like, right. we want them on the same level. Like we right. want everybody on the same level. Um, but it's such a difficult topic to even approach. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's one sorry. of the potentially, that's deep. yeah, I think that's one of the potentially difficult things around this whole conversation is that like for the entire history of our country and even pre 1776, there has been a power structure that has um, historically valued one life over the other. And I can see people having a difficult time maybe with with what you're saying, Kenny, because I don't know. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm a white dude, so I can only imagine. But there's this there's got to be this sort of like we got to we got to write this ship like we got to correct so much imbalance so much history of violence and hatred and um the whole concept of otherness um that that has been not only existed but been like the norm for the majority of our time as a country um and so you know i i i i have a lot of respect for what you're saying i think it's really admirable and i can also understand if people have a little bit of a hard time with that because there has been a very clear um, oppressor for a long time, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah Colonizer. And I like <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked and you know, and I, I joke about, you know, Yanni and all that stuff. But I, I really do like, you know, that approach that, that Brandon was talking about coming from because I think art is like people make art for a reason. Totally agree, man. I was like, gonna say art this too. is is one of the most powerful tools definitely, you know, for being able to facilitate those conversations. And, like, I remember when you first, um, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's when you first came up with the idea, but at least, you know, when you first kind of told us about the idea and you started collecting those records and putting them up up on the wall. And I'm like, man, these are all such powerful pieces that, you know, and, you know, thinking about, you know, Good Kid, Mad City and just, you know, that story of, you know, from, Mm. you know, Kendrick growing up in in Compton and being this, you know, the kid growing up in, you know, in this context, you know, and then he's been exposed to, you know, to the things that that happened in the hood, you know, and even though he's this good kid, you know, being subject to peer pressure and then everything that kind of results from that, you know, you know, and it's like so many rich conversations about peer pressure, about, you know, um, you know, about drugs and alcohol, about, um, you know, violence about and, violence, yeah. about poverty, about gang life, about, um, loyalty. I mean, even you know, the fact loyalty, that, yeah. right, right, right. You know, there, and there, like, there are so many themes there. So powerful. Um, man. you know, and so I love that concept of, of using art, you know, John Coltrane, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Um, well, and I, I feel like I kind of downplayed that earlier, and that's so why I was going to try to circle back around to this. So I'm glad you guys both brought up art. You know, earlier when I was talking about, and again, you know, I think it's hugely important to have friendships with people who don't, you know, look like you, and, and you can, you know, kind of build build a life, you know, with, with people outside your own ethnicity. Um, but I, I feel like I kind of downplayed art, and I want to not do that, because in in connection with the relationships that I've had and the stuff that I've learned from you guys and other, other you know, friends... Um, man, I, I, there's so much accessible art out there that is so beautiful and powerful and can absolutely, uh, reshape your, your mind and absolutely begin to, to train you with new eyes on, on how to see racism and, and the history of, of, of racism. Um, and so I'm, I'm really glad you guys brought that up and I, I feel bad that I downplayed it earlier because man, it has been so so important in in my journey it's been um, pivotal totally totally critical absolutely yep cool well um man i'm, I'm really grateful for you guys and i think that's you know probably a decent place to end it um so that is going to do it for this episode of black white and mixed um we want to thank you all for listening um and for supporting the show um as always we really want to encourage you to get involved and and be a part of the conversation with us So with that said, I'm Doug Ogden. I'm Brandon. And I'm Kenny. I'll talk to y'all soon. Black, white, and black. Black, 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 black